Thank you, guys. Welcome uh, to Church in the Valley, everybody. Uh, We are really glad that you guys are here uh, this morning. Uh, We are continuing a message series that we started a couple weeks ago called Functional Team. And in this, we are kind of taking a behind-the-scenes look at what makes us a church, what are the things that are important to us, and really, what are the values that, that we kind of hold dear to us, and what are the things that are important. And this isn't really uh, theoretical uh, in terms of ideas, but these are actually things that, that we want to, to do and to be about. And as you look in the scriptures, there's always a kind of analogy that can describe what the church is. And one of those analogies or word pictures is the body of Christ. And you may have heard of that term before, the idea of you're a part of the body. And in the scriptures, the picture of a body is just like it is in anatomy, where there's a head and there's arms and there's limbs. And the head is Jesus Christ. He is the thing that controls uh, really where we go and, and what we do. But in that, we all play a different part in the body. And this series is kind of taking a look at what the skeletal structure is of the body. And these are the, the values that we want to organize ourselves around. Anytime you talk about values and things that are important, uh, there's a sense in which you can get a picture that, that everything functions like this all the time. And in my own life and in church life, reality and theory are, are sometimes very different. And these values, while they're important to us, are still things that we are working towards. And so as I describe these things, as I describe the mission uh, that we talked about two weeks ago and the hard attitudes, which we talked about last week. And today we're going to talk about our personal and project values. These are really the things that, that we want to aim for. These are the things that, that we want to guide us as we follow Jesus Christ. And so we hope that as you kind of learn these, maybe for the first time, or if you've heard them before, it's kind of a refresher. We want to let you know these are things that, that are really important. And as you come around Church in the Valley, we hope that you will experience these things as well. And it's not perfection, but it is something that over time and overall your experience is something that you really see these values lived out in the lives and hearts of the people who make up church in the valley. And so today we're kind of talking about not just how we treat each other, but how do we go about a project and work? And anytime you do projects and works, there, there are chores. And so today's message is really how do we go about the chores in our own life? And then how do we go about the chores and the work of church life? And so what are the things that, that God wants to use in the midst of the chores and in the midst of the, the things that we have to do, our responsibilities? How does God want to use that to actually shape us and grow us? And if you're like me, chores can be very frustrating. Uh, doing projects can kind of overwhelm. A few years ago, my wife and I, we bought a house and we got a bank owned property, which means the bank owns it. The people that did own it no longer live there. And the place was in pretty bad shape. The good things with a house in a bad shape is usually you can get it for cheaper. The bad thing with a house that's in bad shape is it's in bad shape. And uh, we bought this house and I was looking at this property and all the work that needed to be done and realized that. I actually have no idea of how to remodel or fix a house. And I just bought it. And I was looking at this property and all the things that in the backyard, it was dirt, concrete, bikes on the roof. It was just this picture of like, whoa, this is crazy. And it took me about five weeks working pretty tirelessly with a group of people, a lot of people of the church. To help fix this place up. But there was a particular time where it was probably about three and a half to four weeks in where I was I was done 
with the house. The problem was the house was not done. And that's a problem because at the particular moment that I kind of reached, I guess, the point of my biggest frustration, I was installing a toilet. And what I found is you actually do want to install toilets the right way. It's true. It's a reality of life. We hope that when we sit on a toilet, it's going to hold us and we don't get wet. Right. But I was working on this toilet. and It was about 1130 at night and I was with my father-in-law. And, you know, when you're with your father-in-law, if you have a father-in-law, you know that there's just that sense of, okay, I I really need to do this right because he's watching. And I really need to do this in the best way to show him that I can do this, taking care of his daughter and his grandkids. and I can put a toilet in. And what I realized is I, I had a bolt to secure the toilet with, but it wasn't the right size. And what I decided at that moment at 1130 at night is that I was not going to wait until morning to get this toilet secured to the floor. And so I began just ratcheting and lifting and angling. And my father-in-law took a wise approach. And he just kind of took a step back. He's just watching me. And I'm frustrated. I'm sweaty. And I'm getting mad. And just, it's just not, it's not fitting. It's not working right. And, and he said, well, you, you have the wrong bolt. Well, I know, but I can get it to work. And I, I mean, I just was determined to make it work. And in the height of this chore and this frustration, I just, I was overwhelmed. I, I wanted to give up. And in that moment, I realized a lot about myself. And that was when the pressure came, I wasn't really living in reality. I was just doing what I wanted to do, which was to get this task completed as quick as possible. My father-in-law gave me some wise advice. He says, you know what? Oftentimes, if you have the right tools, it's going to save you in the long run. And I know you really want to get this done, but why don't we wait until tomorrow and we can finish it? And that's what I did just right there. I just was quiet. But, but, I, but I really want it to get done. And I really want this bolt to fit, even though it won't. And I just found myself, I was so stubborn in wanting this to work. And in that moment, I realized I had to let go. And the wise approach was, you know, come back with the right tool. And you think, well, Alex, of course, you can't use the wrong tool if it doesn't fit and doesn't work. But have you ever been in those situations where you're, you're so focused on what you want to get accomplished in a task or in a piece of work that you're doing and in a project, and you think, I just, I don't really care. I want to get it done. You ever said that? I don't care. I want to get it done. And that's what I was saying. But what you find is there's a part in life which, if you kind of take that approach to tasks and responsibilities, I don't care. I just want to get it done. Things can begin to fall apart. In our relationships, if we have an approach, I don't really care. I just want you to do what I've asked you to do doesn't go well. You relate to your kids like that. doesn't go well. Your classmates, your roommates, you kind of approach somebody like, I don't care. Just do what you're supposed to do. There's kind of just this weight in the relationship where it's not pleasant. And the quality of work, the work that you do, if you just kind of, I don't care. I just want to get it done. Kind of unravels. It falls apart. But what you find is it's in the midst of These frustrations that you learn a lot about yourself like I did. And and also what you find is there's actually another way. In today's message, I'm going to be talking about kind of what God wants to grow in us and through us that represents this other way. And so how we approach our work, it really does make all the difference. Our approach makes all the difference. Not just our ideas about how we should work or handle our responsibilities, but the actual way that that we do it. 
The way that we handle the pressures, the way that we go about the chores, the way that we do the things that maybe nobody sees, that's the stuff that makes all the difference in our life because that's the stuff that God actually wants us to handle in a certain way. And the same is true in church life. All the chores, all the things behind the scenes, all the things that we do that maybe nobody sees or knows about, God does. And he wants us to handle that in a certain way. And what you find is that there's kind of two tensions that we deal with when we face responsibility and work, each of us. And that may be work like your actual job, or that may be work like your chores you have to take care of at your house. That may be work even as you relate to people. But there's this tension which is getting things done versus doing things in the right way. There's always a tension point there. And what I'm talking about today is this idea of how do we go about doing things in the right way, not just to get it done. And I know for myself, I, I, I live in that tension a lot because there's just things that I just want done for my convenience or I want done because there's a time frame that I'm working with or I want done because I said I wanted to get it done by this time and I really want to hit that deadline. All those things you build the tension. What you dig into the scriptures, you find out that, that God actually cares deeply about how we work, how we go about our responsibilities, how we go about the chores. He cares deeply about that. Because it's in those things that we actually show that that God makes a difference in the small things. That's what I found in my life. God really does care about the small things. Things that nobody sees. He actually cares about because we represent him. As you're a follower of Christ, if you follow Christ, you find that he's watching how you handle all of your life. So it's not just about getting it done, but doing it in a certain way. And that certain way makes all the difference as you relate to people. It makes all the difference in the quality of work that you do. And so I want to spend a little bit of time looking at a scripture which describes us as the body of Christ. Again, the body of Christ are people who've decided to follow him. These are Christians. And the body of Christ here in this area is church in the valley. We're we're a body. We're grouped and linked together here as a church. And this verse that I'm going to read you describes how we're supposed to be kind of teaming up together. And it describes the right approach, not just getting it done. And this is found in Ephesians 4. And you find that the right approach, it makes all the difference, but the the right approach to our work, it actually strengthens everyone. That's what you find in the scripture. The way you go about your tasks and the way you go about things should, should actually help others. I was talking to a friend this morning. I'm a, an assistant coach of a soccer team. And talk about like knowing how you go about things. Yesterday we had a game and I'm helping coaching uh, boys that are under the age of six. And as, as that sounds, that's exactly what you might expect. You're coaching boys that are under the age of six. Yesterday I'm on the sideline and I, I'm, I'm finding I, I'm frustrated. And in my frustration, all I can find myself doing is, Get back! Get back! Watch the ball! The ball! You! Stop touching him! And I would say it and... Getting frustrated. Run! That's when it gets bad. If you're a coach and you just say run, it's bad. That's not coaching. 
That's like just a cry for help. Just run after that round thing. What I was finding is like who I am on the inside, it was coming out. And I was frustrated. And I was beginning thinking like this morning I was praying about it. It kind of bothered me because this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like the little things like, you know, coaching and you're in a game and, and I wanted these boys to do what they needed to do and they weren't doing it. And it was frustrating me. But the way I was handling it, the way I was reacting, it, it kind of changed the atmosphere. I was just frustrated. It's like an under six game and I'm acting like it's the World Cup final. Seriously. I was so like just frustrated after the game. Man, that was rough. It was frustrating. What I was doing is I, I was having a certain approach and I was reacting a certain way. And we all do. We react. The reactions are crucial because it's the reaction that determines the atmosphere. So at work, the way you react to a coworker and what they do, a problem that they may have kind of caused and you're impacted by it, how do you react to that? Or your spouse does something and it's frustrating to you and you told them to not do it and it's impacting you. How, how do you react? Or your kids, your roommates, people that impact us, how do you react? The reaction is showing us what, what's important to us in, in our hearts, showing expectations that we have. And this is the stuff that, this is who we are. And God wants to come and say, you know what? Your reaction and the impact that you have on a situation can change. I was just thinking that this morning. I was like, God, I just need your help. I need to, to be patient. I need to, I need to love. I need to love like these boys on the soccer team. Who cares if they don't do it exactly right? Who cares? And I kept telling myself, I, I care. That's the problem. So as you go about the right approach, it actually strengthens everyone. There's a sense in which it helps. It builds up. And that's what we're going to talk about in Ephesians 4. This is what Paul said. Paul, he was a first century church starter. And he came to know Jesus and he led a lot of people to Jesus Christ and said, you know, this is the way to live your life. This is the life that God wants for you. And he helped a lot of people get started in their journey with God, following Jesus. He helped a lot of churches get started. And so in his writings in the New Testament, you see a lot of perspective as he's trying to help people get it. And it's so helpful for me because I know a lot of times I don't get it. And so when I read the scriptures, I get, okay, that, that's what I need to get. That's what I need to think about. That's what I need to value more than my own values or my perspective needs to change. And this is what he says. He's saying, rather speaking the truth in love, that rather is talking about kind of everyone just wanting to go about their own things and listening to just opinions. He's saying, rather, let's not just follow opinions. Let's just not do our own thing, but rather speaking the truth in love. Let's actually focus on what is true in love. We don't just want the truth. We want the truth in love. So let's focus on that. Speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. He's describing the church, the body of Christ, this body. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
There's a key idea in that passage. Working properly. The right approach is doing things God's way. It's doing the chores. It's doing the work. It's handling your responsibility God's way. When you do that, you work properly. You have the right approach. You have the right reaction. And while it may not be perfect all the time, there's a sense in which you're always trying to do it in a way that represents the way Jesus does things. You want to work together properly. You want to fit like puzzle pieces fit together, like the body. I was talking to a guy yesterday after the game, after I was decompressing, and he had blown out his, his knee, and he had torn his ACL, his MCL, and like part of his patella playing like pickup basketball. He's 22 years old. And he was describing what happened. He was driving to the basket, and it popped. And his knee just gave out. He had to have surgery and all this stuff. And what that picture is, as kind of gross, and I don't mean to be gross, but there's a sense in which his knee was going in different directions, and it's not supposed to do that. It's a part of the body that's supposed to be stable. It can flex a little bit, but it can't really move in different directions. And that's the same picture that, that Paul is describing here. There's a sense in which... Each part needs to move in the same direction. Because if you have part of you that's going this way and part of you that's going this way, and they're not meant to do that, that's when breaks occur and it doesn't go well. And so he's saying, working properly is each part doing its part. And what you find in this passage is there are certain things, there are certain values that rise to the top that describe what that work is supposed to look like, how we're supposed to go about it, what the right approach is. And it begins with love, which I've talked about. But it's not just love in terms of what you say, but it's, it's love in speech and in how you conduct yourself. So as you approach a problem, as you approach your chore and there's people involved, how are you doing it in a way that there's actually love that's evident? And so for me personally, how, how am I going about something in a way that I'm not frustrating or exasperating the people around me? Because I'm just wanting my way. But how am I actually doing it in a way that is pleasant? That's in my reaction to things. That's in what I say as I'm doing the chore. So it represents just all the things that, that go on. What I say and don't say. What I do and don't do. What I think and don't think. And God helped me to be a filter to say the right things that, that build up this idea of, of love. And you see also there's a sense in which the team working together properly is built on, on unity. You find that again and again in the scriptures. Anytime you talk about a functional team that's going about something, there, there has to be unity. And that makes sense. In team life, if there's no unity, you can't work together towards a goal. It's the same in church. And so Paul's saying, you know, what? We, we have to love. And we have to be unified. This is how we work together properly. And ultimately, this contributes to growth. So a functional team is, is one that's growing, not only numerically, but it's also the people that are involved in the team. They're, they're growing. This is part of the right approach. We grow up in every way and each part is working properly. There's a sense in which we do this in a certain way. If we, if we love and if we work to, to the unity, the unity is like we, we actually look out for each other. It's not just, yep, you're on the team, I'm on the team, great. But we're actually looking out for each other. How do I help 
my teammate. This is Paul describing, this isn't like athletics, he's describing the church. This is kind of like a coach, a pep rally, like, this is what we need to do, team, this is what we need to do. And he's giving them the charge, and this is the same charge for us today. As a church, we need to love in a certain way. We need to be unified. We need to each be doing our own part. So handling the role that you have, handling your responsibility well, asking God for strength. And in that, we work properly. And this idea of working properly is there's an efficiency and an effectiveness to to what we can do. This is from the small things to the big things. And so I want to share with you some just practical personal and project values that really are our way of, of working properly together. And I know for me personally, a lot of times as I look at my chores and the things that I have to do, frustration exists. There's a sense in which like, why do I have to do this? And there's, it's a pain and it's overwhelming. But what you find is when you approach your tasks, realizing there's an actual opportunity to do it in a way that pleases God versus doing it in a way that doesn't, there's an added incentive. Christ followers, we want to make Jesus happy. We want to please him. And so these values are found in the scriptures. And this is kind of what we need to be working towards. So I'm going to be going through these briefly. And there's a scripture reference that you'll find in your handout. And so if you're not looking at that, you can look at that later. But you'll find the the personal project values and the scripture reference. I encourage you uh, sometime this week or next, look up those scriptures And that will provide you the context. Kind of what does the Bible have to say about this certain area? And so I I want to walk walk through these. And and these are these personal and project values are not just an individual approach, like what I should be doing personally, but these are also the things that we want to be doing together. But it begins with us each choosing uh, to do it. And. What you find is, is working properly versus not working properly is, is very evident. A few weeks ago, I was at a resort in the area um, that I, I, I view as like they, they have it together and like the guest experience. And there's a certain parking structure that if you park there, you feel like they know your name, they know your car, they know where you're going and they're going to help you get there. And so we're driving as a family. We're all pumped. And I was just ready to kind of get to the parking structure, get to the park and enjoy our time. Well, the parking structure that we usually park in was closed and you couldn't go. You couldn't be let in. And as I'm driving, I'm seeing the guy close the driveway to the parking structure and redirecting us to somewhere else. And it was just like, no, I wanted to park right there. And we detoured. And as we detoured, it went from here's where you go. Here's how you get here. Here's how you get to your fund to like find the structure. Try to find the structure. And we were driving aimlessly and I had no idea where I was going. And that one instance kind of changed the whole day. And myself, I said, okay, wait a second. It's no big deal. This didn't go exactly how I wanted. I didn't get to park exactly where I wanted. But what I found was is the experience from parking where I wanted to where I didn't was was very different. And what it was is there's a sense of working properly versus not working properly. And so these values... Although they're kind of words and ideas, they really do shape experience. 
And for me, a lot of times when you experience it yourself and you see the difference it makes, that's when you're motivated to apply it. And so what we're talking about is really we want you to experience these things a part of Church in the Valley. We want you to kind of own these things and then we want you to live these things out. But it begins with an experience. And if you've ever had good customer service versus bad customer service, or you've had a great experience when you go to this restaurant versus that restaurant, oftentimes it's the little things. And this is how they go about their tasks, how they go about their chores. It's the same in church life. And so as I describe these, it's kind of like the experience that we want to have personally and then what we actually want to do in in living them out and working towards this together. So here they are. Here's our values that we want to go about our tasks and our chores in our life and in church life. The first is is faith. Uh, We want to have a faith edge to what we encounter, to to what we do. Uh, Faith is really knowing that, that God gives us assignments and tasks that are a little bit beyond us. It might be a little bit more work than we can do. It might be a little bit outside of what we're comfortable doing. It may be just flat out something that we have to do that we don't want to do. But what you find a lot of times is you have tasks and responsibilities to grow your faith. And that's the understanding, God, I need you to help me to get through this. Because I don't know how to do it because of my skill or my gifts or my talents. Or I don't want to do it because I have another idea in mind. What you find is God wants to grow your faith. That's how he wants us to live. By faith, not by sight. Not by just what we can see. So faith, very important value. Another value, serving. Uh, This is really epitomized by the life of Jesus. And so we go about things. We want to go about it in a way that we realize we are serving The church, we're serving people. We're serving those close to us. We're serving people that we may not know. And that's what Jesus did. He came not to be served, but to serve. And he wants his followers to do the same. So here at Church in the Valley, there's a lot of opportunities to serve. Every week, we're what we call like raising a barn. We're setting up a church that doesn't exist Monday through Saturday. And to do that, it takes a lot of people who value serving. And a lot of people, even in the midst of not valuing survey, are willing to serving, are willing to to choose to do it because it needs to be done. So serving is very important. Humility. This is another important value of how we want to go about things. Humility, what I found, is the difference between mediocre relationships and great relationships. If people are humble... And realize that they don't always have to be right. And when I relate to people and I realize that I don't have to have the, the last word. I don't have to everyone have to adopt my ideas. I actually can look out for people instead of just myself. My quality of relationships is far better than, than when I just want things done my way. Now, humility oftentimes is something that's very upside down to us. We, we think highly of ourselves. I know I do. But humility is realizing that people matter and their goals and interests I need to put above mine. That's hard attitude number one, which you talked about. But this idea of humility is something that you don't see a lot in culture. Uh, We just had the two MVPs of baseball, both from Southern California teams, the Angels, the Dodgers. They're MVPs. It's not most humble player. 
They don't give that, the MHP. You don't see it. Because probably the most humble player, we don't know who that is. That's kind of what humility is. So although it's something that you don't see kind of in the front and center, because it's not really something that people talk about, it's actually in the kingdom. It's very important. The most humble oftentimes are the most valuable. That's why Jesus' teaching is so counterintuitive. And so we, we want to have a humble approach. And that's not just putting others in front of us. It's also realizing that, you know, when, when I mess up, I, I, need to, I need to own it and clean it up and admit it. What you find is when you do that, people are they're, they're drawn in because it's different. That's not the normal approach. Uh, excellence. That's another value that we have. Again, this is kind of behind the scenes. Now, excellence is one of those that you, you realize it's really difficult to be excellent. And you often ask the question, how good is good enough? You know, have you ever had like a, a project you have to do for school, an assignment? And you're always asking yourself, like, there's two extremes. What do I need to do to get the A? Or what do I need to do to pass the class? And there's something I always say to people in college. D's get degrees. But that's not excellent. So I shouldn't say that anymore. Because really, excellence is doing the best that I have with the resources I've been given. It's doing the best I have with the resources I've been given. As a church, the same is true. How do we do the best that we can with the resources that we have? Resources means the money. Uh, Resources also means the people. Resources also means the opportunities. So how, how can we do the best with what we have? And it's not perfect. Thank goodness it's not per- perfection. But it's we're going to do it as best we can now, and, and Lord willing, we'll, we'll do it better next. But when you do things in an excellent way, you show that, again, people matter because you're considering them. You want to go above and beyond. And so we want excellence to be the best that we can do with, with the resources that we have. Another project value is, is teachability. Now, this is something that's definitely applied personally. Okay, how, how, do I, how do I learn from others? But it's also, you have to be teachable as an organization. What, what works and what doesn't? What are we doing well? What are we not? What you find in the scriptures is teachability is really the only shortcut. And teachability usually is, is, is kind of two extremes. Uh, you can learn teachability by trial and error. You ever done something and you realize like trying to put a toilet in with the wrong bolt didn't work. And I spent hours of frustration realizing that. Or you can listen to the advice of others and they can save you those hours. So if I would have listened to my father-in-law, probably at the beginning when he told me just to wait, I I could have saved valuable time. But in that moment, I, I wasn't teachable. I wanted my own way. And it impacted me. It cost me time. And as an organization, it, the same is true. How do we learn? How do we keep growing? How do we do things in a way that, that changes to help us grow effectively? Uh, the value of people, that's another important value that we have. The value of people. We want to use things and love people. We don't want to love things and use people. It's something we all have to work at. 
It's very easy in the midst of pressure, whether it's at home life, at school life, with your roommates. It's easy in the midst of pressure that you miss the people and you focus on the task. We all do that. We miss the people. We forget kind of how we're impacted. Really, our life, we're moving along like in water and we're leaving a wake behind us. The ripples. There's a wake. The value of people is realizing we want to leave a wake that's not going to just turn people over and just blow people away. We want to leave a wake that actually allows them to keep moving forward with where they are. But oftentimes, in the midst of the chores, it's easy just get out of my way. I got to get this done. But people, they're very important. A few more. Patience. You find this in the book of James, the importance of, of patience. And it's not just patient, like being patient with people, but it's patience in terms of not giving up, like waiting for like the fruit to ripen. Like on a tree, if you have some, a piece of fruit and you really want that piece of fruit, it takes great patience to pull it at the right time, not too early. So patience is, okay, God, help me to wait for the right time to do this, to act. To speak. Help me to do it in the, the, the best opportunity to handle it in a way that's going to help people and help accomplish the task. Patience is it, it's very important. Hastiness can cause a lot of bad decisions. You ever bought something that you really wanted? And you just saw it and you just bought it. And then probably like a few days later you think, wow, what, was I, what was I thinking? I've done that. But patience is God help me. Help me to wait on you for you to provide. So it's very important. And then buying up the opportunity. Opportunities are really how God tells time. We tell time like, okay, it's this date. It's the morning. It's the afternoon. It's the evening. It's this hour. But God tells time from opportunity to opportunity. And as an organization, he provides opportunities that he wants us to buy up. Basically, to, to leverage, to pursue, because he, he's working right there. Now, recently, we helped the city with a pumpkin run, and this was an opportunity. It was an opportunity that, that wasn't there, and then it was there, and it's, it takes people and effort to help. And we had a lot of volunteers. We had about 22 volunteers that helped on about two days' notice. That was the kind of opportunity you have to buy up. It's a great opportunity to serve the community. But if you're not looking at opportunities and just schedule, things can tend to just cramp your plan. So as a church, we don't want to just have this plan that's rigid, but we want to look at, okay, what's, what is God doing? And how can we buy up the opportunities that are going to help people? So I want to invite uh, Tyler Beebe up. He's going to kind of walk through just how these values have, have impacted uh, his life. And I want to use Tyler as an example because what you find is, again, when you go through a list of things, it's easy to kind of think, in, again, in terms of them as ideas. But Tyler's just going to answer three questions which kind of describe the process in which God has used these values to, to make an impact on your life. So Tyler uh, is married. You've been married for just over a year. Yep. A year, November 2nd. So just over a year. And he is a Ph.D. student. And he is a captain of our facilities team here at Church in the Valley. And facilities team have ample opportunity to, to apply these values because they're doing 
the majority of chores in church life, a lot of which you, you'd never see. And so I'm um, just going to ask Tyler three questions. The first one, Tyler, that I'd like you to share is, as I've, I've kind of go, gone over those lists of values, what's, what's been the most uh, challenging, would you say, values for, for you to live out? I think that recently sort of the two values that God's been challenged me, challenging me the most in have been valuing people and patience. As Alex said, I'm a PhD student, and when I'm doing my experiments, it's very natural for me to sort of just look to get the next piece of data, finish that experiment, move to the next step, and only really look at my coworkers and the people around me and as how they can help me reach those goals. I have two undergraduates that have been working with me uh, since this past summer, and a few weeks ago I was really convicted that I need to do a better job of valuing uh, their contribution and what they're doing. They're taking time out of their day to help me, and I need to really respect that and value that. So I started looking at development plans. How can I help them to reach their goals? How can I really be looking to serve them even though they're working under me? Um, and also taking time setting aside little projects for them to work on, even though I know they'll probably mess it up a few times as they're learning. But taking some of that time and really being patient with them, sort of waiting for that fruit to ripen. And it's been really cool, even though I've only been doing this for a few weeks really intentionally, um, last week, I was double booked for a couple things, and because some investment I made the week before, they were able to help with some of those projects, and I was able to go to a meeting, they were able to work on the experiments, it worked out really well. This past Friday, I was really sick, still recovering, um, but I had to leave early, and they were able to present my data at the meeting I had Friday afternoon. So it's been really cool to see how God has really used some of that investment I've made and really turned it back to bless me. So you, you kind of described part of that wake that I was talking about, but how, how have you seen these values uh, actually grow you personally? It seems like every time I'm working on one area and I sort of get it to a point where, okay, this is pretty good, God really shines a light on another area of my life where I need to work on applying these areas a little bit better. And I think that really just cumulatively has really been growing me. I mean, you see in work, I already talked about with patience and the value of people, it's really helped me to grow as a leader. In my marriage, working on serving and buying up opportunities has helped me to be a better husband. Um, with serving on facilities team, learning patience and faith has really been helpful in leading the team on Sunday mornings. And I think all of these values together, as God's been growing them in each individual circumstance, really helped to build up in me the character which I'll need for the challenges which are coming up in the future. I don't even know what they are. But I know that sort of with these values, this foundation, God will help me through them. And we, we, we all have kind of the, the reflexes of wanting to go about things our, our own way. A lot of times what's comfortable or convenient. So how have you, in, in, in what you're learning, how have you kind of tried to stay motivated to, to pursue these despite that pull that we have? I think there are three main things that have helped me to stay motivated. Um, the first is sort of looking at and remembering situations in the past where God has been faithful as I've worked to apply these. So, for instance, remembering, oh, and I helped and really invested in these undergraduates who are working with me. That really worked out well. Remembering that will help me in future situations where I have similar things come up. So remembering what God's done in my life in the past. Second is really looking at the lives of men who I really admire and respect. I see people and I see how they're doing in their work. I see how they're doing in their family, how they're doing in their ministry. I say, I want to be like them. And then I see them living out these values. I see them being humble. I see them serving. I see them being faithful, having patience, doing things excellently. And that really inspires me to 
work and try to apply those as well. Because if I want to end up where they are, then I should be doing what they're doing. And then third um, would be having people around me who have these similar values as well and love me enough to really call me out when I'm not doing them. I have a really good example of this. Uh, last month, um, my wife Michelle and I were driving to church early on Sunday because I was getting there early for setup. And I was just kind of depressed about setup and facilities. Um, we've been short-staffed for a little while now, and that morning I'd gotten a text saying I was going to have one less person on my team than I normally have. And that, that was just kind of stressful. I was really having a hard time keeping a positive attitude. And here I'm going in, supposed to be leading this team, and I'm not really wanting to be there. Um, Michelle really picked up on that um, and encouraged me and challenged me, saying, you know, it's not, you aren't in charge of this, God is in charge of this. And that really kind of shook me out of sort of my neg negativity. And she didn't use the exact words, but what that really was is challenging me in faith and challenging me to be patient for God to come through. And that really totally changed my mind around that whole morning, helped me to have a much better perspective, lead much more effectively. And I'm sure that morning went a lot more smoothly than if she hadn't said that and helped me to turn out of sort of my negativity. So I think that really having people around who value the same things and who really love you to um, help call you out and keep you going in the right direction can really help through lots of those challenges. Great. Why don't we give Tyler a hand? Thanks for sharing. Thank Appreciate you. it. As, as, as Tyler shared, he, he's describing that 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 pull that we have and what he just said about that that frustration i, I know for me I, I feel that and i as i'm just handling the different things and as i'm about to approach something there's that frustration or that perspective and these are the things that that god uses to okay god help help me to to have the right view help me to have the right approach and i appreciate tyler you, you sharing it it really does make a difference as i wrap up the band's going to come up uh, the last thing I'd like you to do is there's a connection card that Jeep had you fill out and there's a couple of next steps that you can take. And if you haven't fi finished filling that out, go ahead and do that. And then as I'm done, I'm going to pray and then we're going to receive our offering. Uh, you can drop that connection card in there. Uh, but the first next step is if there's one of these project values or personal values that just stood out to you and you get a sense that I need to grow in this, why don't you write that down? Sometimes just being able to identify it is helpful. And so just ask God, I, I need to grow in this. Will, will you help me to grow? And the second is like it. If, if there's just, as you're handling your responsibilities, God in the midst of the frustration and in the midst of the pressure, he, he wants to help you. And he's using that pressure to begin you asking for that, for that help. And so if you're in the mid, middle of this and you just kind of feel overwhelmed by the chores of your life and your responsibilities and the things that you have, ask God God for, for help and, and that you'll handle it in a way that, that will actually make him happy. And if you need help in doing that, please let us know on the connection card and we would love to pray with you uh, or talk to you about that. So let's pray. God, we uh, do thank you for the fact that you have put us together as a body that can function to move forward and to impact people and the world. And we want to do this in a way and we want to relate in a way and operate in a way that does represent the right values. And I know for myself, I can get in the way so much. And so, God, I, I just pray that you'll help us to identify any of our strategies or any of our attitudes that are getting in the way of these values becoming true in our in our lives. 
And God, just give us the help of others around us and, and of your word. Help, help it to really call us forth. And we, God, help us to be effective in, in what we do. And so we ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.